I won't deny it, I'm a South Sider. You don't wanna mess with me. Got the police looking for me. But I'm calm cause I'm smoking that CBT set. I won't deny it, I'm a South Sider. You don't wanna mess with me. Got the police looking for me. But I'm chilling in the back of the VIP set. We won't deny it, we are South Siders. You don't wanna mess with us. Got the police looking for us, but there's nothing that they can't do. When you're chilling with the Blessed Life podcast crew, what's up, what's up, what's good? I'm Brian Tierney. This is a Blessed Life University podcast, the blue podcast for short. Today, we're going to be talking about what it's like to be a dad. Uh, both of us here are dads, and here with me to talk about all that today is Louis Owl Tayawa. He is the owner of Golden Owl Insurance, the owner of Studio 63 Nightclub, and most importantly, a new father and uh, a dear friend of mine. So a good good friend of mankind, more than anything. <laughs> What's up, Brian? What's going on, brother? And, and when I say a good friend, I mean it because it brought me to friggin' we were, only, we were only going to have one, so I figure might as well make it a... Ah. A 40. That is super refreshing. I got a Corona Familiar. 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 Familiar, yeah. And what do you got there? What's that one? Carta Blanca. Casa Blanca. Carta Blanca. Carta Blanca, like a blank check? Yeah, yeah. A blank check? You get a blank check? Oh, my God, what are you going to spend it on once you finish that 40, brother? Yeah, Carta Blanca. These are really, these. honestly, like, these are my two go-to. Um, in Mexico, they have these little, they have, like, little Carta Blancas. Delicious, bro. And then... Before, you could only get that one in those in Mexico to the familiar, and they sell them here now. It's been like, it's been a, it's been a, it's been like five years now, I think, you could get them. But before, you couldn't, you couldn't get them here. You could only get them in Mexico. That's interesting, man. Mm-hmm. It seems like uh, a lot of things are expanding as, as the Mexican community grows. Um, the product offerings from Mexico expand a lot, too, it seems like. Yeah, bro. It's just there's a lot of there's a market for it. You know what I mean, and it's huge, and there's a lot of money to to be made. So the companies are gonna they're gonna find a way to to get it over here. Tremendous, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the funny thing is, uh, apparently Modelo is the number one selling beer in America. <laughs> yeah, thanks Bud Light, suckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like dude, you can keep on messing up. Modelo loves the shit. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, that that's. Yeah, I don't know. Corona I, took a beating during COVID nineteen because of coronavirus for real. and shit. No, nah, I'm kidding. I don't know if their business suffered from that. In fact, people were probably drinking more of it. But but Bud Light definitely took that hit, oh, and then huge. Modelo took the number one spot. Yeah, Modelo. Now Modelo's the the one. Well, Modelo had been doing it for a while already. I mean, so they just needed some. They just needed Bud Light to mess up a little bit, and they they sure did that. So Modelo's the beer now. Yeah, yeah, they, they did, and um, from everything I've been hearing, their sales are still down. It was not like they took a temporary hit. Dude, so I have, I have, I buy Bud Light at the bar, right? Um, for a while, after after that that thing happened, the marketing thing happened, dude, I didn't buy Bud Light for like a good, like a good month or more. Like, and I used to buy it every week, you know, a couple of cases at the distributor. Yeah. I didn't buy any for a while, and then honestly, There's no no demand for it or what? People stopped eating, uh, drinking it. People stopped drinking it, and, and the uh, Miller Light started selling more. They were just drinking anything else other than. Um, honestly, the only the only reason I think I'm still selling some is because I have Banda Night now, and th- some of those people drink Bud Light. They don't care. They Bud Lights, they're you know what I mean. They're, it's their go to, and yeah, 
unless the brand went out of business, they're going to keep hunting. Yeah, and then honestly, like, that's the Hispanic market, and the Hispanic market didn't even know what was going on with the... With the um, with Bud Light, Joe and Mulvaney and the whole Bud Light. Yeah, they um, didn't. They, it wasn't a big deal in, in, in some communities. You know I mean, controversy they boycott, whatever. Yeah, because they didn't. They didn't know what was going on to begin with. So. Yeah, they're just trying to have a good time, enjoy a cold, refreshing beer. Yeah, um, it's funny because I've tried just about every beer under the sun when I was younger. I was like, I was want to try something new just to kind of see which one I would like the most. And Bud Light was one of those beers. It was one of our first ones. We wanted to see what it was like. Like our, my one friend, his dad used to drink Miller Light. I was like, yeah, it's all right, but. When I was younger, it used to give me the bubble guts and shit, so I didn't really want to mess with Miller Lite too much. And then Bud Light, you know, my dad always told me something. I'm not even sure if this is true, but with Budweiser, he's like, they, they include rice as one of the ingredients in their products, and he's like, it tends to give you a worse hangover. I don't know if that was, like, old Ireland, like, uh, science or whatever, but <laughs> for me, I, I've kind of Coors Light is my one. It's like, it's cold and refreshing, but it's I don't get, like, a bad hangover or whatever, you know? Yeah, like I'll, I'll drink Coors Light over the probably Bud Light and 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 um and Miller Light. Honestly, I I never really drink Bud Light. It was never one of my like options. If, even if they, unless like, that's one of those where like if there was nothing else, that's what you would drink. I mean, but yeah, yeah, yeah I never I never drink Bud Light. That was actually one of our go tos for a while, and yeah. uh, I'm actually nowadays the funny thing is I actually don't mind Miller um Miller Light. It's for whatever reason when I was younger, it did not agree with my stomach very well, but it doesn't seem to happen that bad. And then for a while, I was on a um, Michelob Ultra kick, but then I kind of got back to Coors for whatever reason. Because Michelob Ultra, it's, I mean, it's like a super light beer. It's like for wimps or whatever, but it's... They're good, but they hit hard after a while for some... Well, for, for me, I get a buzz off of them. Yeah? Yeah, but I, I have to drink a lot. Of, you know what? They go down super fast. Yeah. So that might so be you it, just too. just take them down, and before mm-hmm. you know it, you're pretty buzzed. So congrats, bro. I know you're a new dad, too. Yeah, man, and the time flies because, you know... We were both pretty busy at the time you had your baby. And, yeah. um So I don't even remember what month was it you had your baby? October. October of last year. Oh, last year. Damn, man. I, for some reason, I was thinking March. Like, that was stuck in my head. Yeah. But, uh, wow, the time flies, man. So your baby's about to be one in, like, a couple of months, man. Yeah, dude. He's he's 10 months. He's going to be 10 months right now. Um. Yeah. Bro, honestly, everybody says this. Everybody tells me, everybody would tell me, like, hey, man, appreciate it when they're little because you, you, they're going to grow up really fast. And you watch all these videos. People send you all this stuff on Instagram. You don't realize it till it happens, man. Because I remember, dude, I remember, like, you know, you bring them home. You set, you put them on, you know, you're supposed to put them on your chest so they can hear your heartbeat. They fall asleep. You know, they're tiny. You know what I mean? You carry them around and everything. Bro, that that's enjoy that stage as much as you can, because that that stage doesn't it only lasts like two two months two three months that's it, it it doesn't last long, um, and then you know what I mean like, yeah it just it goes by fast man I remember, like the first couple of months you're like oh my god you're not getting sleep, um you know what I mean you're always watching them, any little thing they do. Um, you want to take them to the hospital? You're you're freak you freak out about everything. Well, I know I I kind of did, um, but yeah, but it goes by fast, man. Now he's he's like saying stuff. He's not you can't you know he's trying to talk. Um, he's standing up. I'm more, I'm pretty sure he'll start walking sooner. He takes steps. He just doesn't you know completely walk by himself yeah. now. Um, he crawls everywhere. That's another thing. Um, at first, you're like, man, they don't do anything. Like, they just lay there. You put them on the bed, and they're not moving. Right. Now, dude, I have to, like, we can't leave him alone when he's sleeping because next thing we know, um, 
you know, he he's awake and he's trying to crawl off the bed and stuff like that. Now we have to put now we have to put him in, in his, a way where he could hurt himself. Or what? Yeah, well, because they fall off the bed. You know what yeah, I mean, yeah. and my our bed's kind of high. Yeah. So, um, stuff like that, man. Like it it goes by fast. And enjoy enjoy right now. It the baby's small and you know you carry him and. He sleeps. He might. How, how does he sleep through the night yet? Or no, no. Every, every three hours, every four hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. It's sometimes it's shorter by a little bit, mm-hmm. two, two and a half. Yeah. Sometimes it's like three on the dot, and then sometimes it'll be a little bit longer. Like yeah. there was one night recently where he slept like the whole, like a good four, five hours, I think it was, and I. I normally do like the middle of the night bottle, so if it's like two o'clock or three or a little later, that's the one I'll do. Yeah. Um, and he slept like past that, and I was I told my wife in the morning I was like, "Did you get up and, and feed him?" And she's like, "No." Um, did you? And I was like, "No." I'm like, I guess he was still sleeping. Yeah. So I can't remember. I think we we had given him a bath that night, and I think little dude was just like super chill after that, and he just slept like crazy. Yeah, they'll do that after you, after you give him a bath. They'll knock out and they'll they'll stay they'll stay asleep for a while. I um, dude, and then there's gonna be nights where honestly, there's nights when I remember Erica and me. We didn't even remember who who got up. Like yeah, I got up at this time. Well, I got up at this time. Like and I think I got up at this time. Like. There's, you know, there's times when you're just exhausted and you just, you know what I mean? You, um, it all starts to blend together. It starts to blend together. And then the funny thing is, um, I think I want to say it's after like four months, they start after like a little bit, it doesn't take that long. They start to sleep like the whole night or at least like eight hours, seven hours. And then they start teething. And then that's when it starts all over again. And then they wake up like, in the middle of the night, you know what I mean, because they're fucking, like you know, their teeth are coming in, so they're yeah. they're miserable. You know I mean, you just have to sit there with them and you know give them stuff, um, just give them stuff for their teeth. What do you do for that? You know what, bro? Just a lot of stuff. Put a lot of stuff in the freezer. A lot of like they sell about they sell a bunch of like teething stuff, and you just put it in the freezer. Yeah. And then and you literally when when he wakes up, just grab it and rub his teeth with it, and and they'll even they'll even like I remember he used to grab stuff and just like just like rub it on his gums. And then um so one day his I think it was his top his top teeth were coming in. And Erica calls me and she's like, Oh, she's like, I was giving him a she's gonna get mad that I'm saying this story. I, I was giving him a bath she was giving him a bath and he like he like dove out of the out of the little bathtub thing. Yeah, the little tub. Yeah, and he hit himself he hit himself like but on his like mouth yeah but it's funny because he like broke his gum like his teeth were coming out already the top ones yeah and when he did that i guess like he broke through the gum so like she was all freaking out and like and i was like well what did he do she's like well look at him and he was like just like smiling and i'm like yeah, that's probably relief for him it probably it hurt him but it, it broke it broke the gum you know so it was like a the- blessing and an unintended <laughs> blessing <in the laughs> yeah for him he was probably doing it on purpose to get that shit over with but um but yeah man they're they're uh they're funny because they're little humans and you don't realize it sometimes. You know I mean that they they're doing all this all these all these things. You know I mean that they're like already um, burnt into their brain that we don't. I guess I don't know. I me, me personally, I feel like 
I'm learning a lot just watching him because right. it's weird because you see like all these things that he does. I mean, it's it's stuff that's some of some of it is natural, and some of it you know you could see where they're starting to learn it, and they're starting to do things. And you know I mean, um, it's it's an, it's interesting. I, I, it's interesting. Yeah, no doubt about it. I you know my guy was is still little, but he's at um, what would be normal weight for his age. So we um, we delivered a month early because of you know the health of my wife um she was the candidate or whatever you would say for preeclampsia um which is like it can result in heart attack or stroke you get increased blood pressure you can have kidney problems and uh you know uh, the heart and the kidneys are very interrelated if one goes the other can go and things like that um and so we it was funny how it worked out for us my son was supposed to be born July 15th and we had went on vacation, whatever that really means in our line of work. I was working from a different location, but, uh, we were, we were out of town where we go to, to vacation in Wisconsin. And so my wife's like, Hey, we have to get back on this Sunday. And, uh, because we have a doctor's appointment Monday. So we go into the doctor's appointment and they're like, we have to, we have to ask you to go to the ER. Like your, your blood pressure is, really high and we had no idea because like most of the time people will notice it if their blood pressure is high she says I, I didn't really notice it it seemed normal to me I didn't I didn't really feel it so we went into the hospital so it was like right when we got back we were gone about two weeks we had left for Memorial Day and you know I was just working up there while we we're there and we get back and right away we go into the hospital we were in for a week we had further complications then baby you know so they didn't they they see if the baby is um, tolerating the contractions well. Because originally we were planning on doing a natural birth. Mm -hmm. And they put it on a monitor. Of course, they have monitors for, like, everything now. And they can see whether the baby's tolerating the contractions well, and he was not. So they said, we're going to do a C-section. So they did C-section, and he had to stay after um, – because we, we were there for a week. I was sleeping on, like, the little couch bed thingy in yeah. the – in, so, in the hospital. so was she in labor for a week, or no, they no. were just monitor, monitoring yeah. her for a week? Yeah, she because what had happened was we got in Monday, and they, their first goal was to uh, get her blood pressure under control, and then they told her You're, we're likely going to be inducing the birth in the next couple of days. And uh, because because of the high blood pressure she was experiencing leading up to, it didn't start getting bad until like you know leading up to the pregnancy it was about 2 months before that we should, we started seeing it a lot more elevated before it was only like slightly elevated it should be in like the 130s when you're supposed to be in the 120s whatever yeah but then came came became to the point where it was getting clinically treatable it was a uh, it was it was high blood pressure so they they were like um your baby's not going to get much more benefit by staying in the womb for one more month but you could have all sorts of detriment i mean you might you might have a heart attack stroke or die or whatever so they induced the birth and they, they give you the, you know, drug that they give. And they gave it on Tuesday. And then she wasn't starting to go into labor till the following day. Apparently, you would think, like, they give you that and it's going to kick in right away. It takes a while. So she started having contractions and all that, like, by the following day. And then they realized they were going to have to do the C-section because they had it on the monitor for contractions. Yeah. And so um, they he was born on Wednesday, the 14th of June. And... We, st we had to stay because after he was born, 
she then started experiencing kidney problems. They could tell by like urinalysis and blood and stuff like that. They were seeing some proteins that they, you know, that they knew that those are the signs, the markers of the preeclampsia. So they kept us for one week, and then he was there for another week and a half afterward. So the thing is, when they're in the womb, like right there in that last month, they learn how to swallow. So apparently they swallow like amniotic mm-hmm. fluid inside the mm-hmm. womb. Mm-hmm. He didn't get that practice. Mm-hmm. So when they took him out, he didn't know how to suck, swallow, and breathe. It's this little circular process. You have to be able to suck, swallow it down, and then continue breathing mm-hmm. so you don't like hyperventilate or pass out, right? So he didn't know that process. At first, he was only eating like 20 milliliters out of the bottle, and they had to give him like a tiny little feeding tube. It just looks like a small wire they put in the mm-hmm. nose because it's small for babies. And uh, eventually he started eating enough, and he came out on my birthday, June 26th. Nice. Out of the hospital, so beat that birthday present, you know. Yeah. And I'm blessed, man. He's a little angel. Like, I was thinking, like, if you ask me about it, what's it like to me? And, and you can tell me what it's like to you. For me, nothing feels more right than holding my baby in my, in my hands. It's just so small now. You hold him in your hands, you put him over your, your shoulder. It's like it feels right. Like, that's my flesh, my blood, and it, it, there's nothing that feels more right than that. Uh, to me it feels surreal like it doesn't it doesn't feel real to me sometimes like even now like when i when i see him and we like we're interacting and stuff like that like yeah it just it's i don't know it's it's surreal because like even then like um when when she was pregnant and we're and even me and, me and her we always had a conversation like man like we're we're about to have a baby and then like the day of the labor you know you're going through you're going through everything i mean she's you know, pushing and everything else, he comes out, and even then, you're like, "Fuck!" Like, you know, this is it. Like, this is this is our human. And then, um, and even now, you know what I mean, like, yeah, I don't. To me, it's just weird, bro. Like, I can't explain it. Like, even then, like, you know how they say, um, you know, like the love you feel for your kid. I I can't. I I wouldn't. I can't explain it in words. You know what I mean? For me, I can't. Like, it's just a whole nother feeling. A whole nother a whole nother thing. I mean, like you, I would do anything for him. Come not, not, I wouldn't do anything for my parents or, or her or anybody else, but it's a totally different for me. It's totally, di- it's totally, I, I see everything different now. You know what I mean? Even like with my parents, I see them different. You know what I mean? I, I feel like I'd appreciate my parents more now. Um, my grandparents, just family in general, everything for me, a lot of things changed them. A lot, a lot of things changed pers- my perspective on a lot of things changed. Um. Yeah, I just I if if you were asking me like one way to explain it, I, I couldn't I I wouldn't be able to. It's, I, to me, it's it's um. I don't know. I can't. I don't. I don't. I don't know the word for it. Well, I agree with you. It was in terms of surreal, um, and you know, and also the like newfound respect for your parents. In terms of like surreal, when it was finally time to take him home, it was like this is your human now and we're just charging him into your custody and all the things that we did for him while he was here they had all these nurses you know 24 hours a day feeding him changing him keeping an eye on him burping him all that stuff now that is my responsibility and my wife's responsibility yeah and we have to you're on their clock when they need it you got to take care of them because they're going to cry and and you're the only one there to provide for them and to take care of them and shelter them like you got to be this protective shell around them as they're defenseless in that age, and and uh, it was it was definitely surreal. I mean, once once they're yours, you're like, wow, you know, because they did it that whole time, and you know, 
it's these weird bittersweet moments while he was still there where you're kind of like, boy, these are the, the last nights where I'll get where I don't have uninterrupted sleep because even if I wasn't getting up to help at night, I would still hear him crying and everything. Yeah. You know? And um, and as far as, like, newfound respect for our, for our parents, I, I agree too because think about it, like, um, you know, we have every technological advantage and all this stuff. We have... Like at home, we have the, like the little rocker egg thing. You put the baby in <laughs> yeah. the motion. Yeah, we yeah. got bottle warmers and shit. Like, yeah, my parents didn't have that, but they may do, and they worked hard, and they friggin' you know made it happen. So, it's like it's this weird rite of patches, pa- uh, passage in life that that we have, right? Because your parents went through it, you know, your your grandparents went through it to make your parents, and then they went through it to make you, mm-hmm. and now it's like you're kind of like responsibility humanity now to do this and your responsibility to your own child to, to raise them. It's, it's crazy, man. And, and they went through a lot to do it. Now you see nobody pays you for this either. It's in fact, you're paying everybody else. I feel like I'm in the doctor once a week, bro. Mm-hmm. With all these follow-up appointments. And oh yeah. That's, it's do. like that for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that for a while. You, you're going to go to all the follow-up appointments um, all that stuff, and then it starts getting to like every two months, and then every three months. I think we're at like every every or like once a month or every two months now. Um, as a matter of fact, tomorrow, tomorrow we have tomorrow we have a, an appointment. They do all the um, the allergy stuff, like so. They're gonna I guess they're gonna be poking them and to uh, check for allergies for allergies. Yeah, yeah. For, they check for allergies tomorrow, and then tomorrow we're getting him his first haircut. So. He's he's at the stage now where he needs he hair. Do he has a lot of hair, bro? Really? A lot. On top. Did he come out that way, or did it just develop? No, he came out time? with a lot of hair to begin with. I'm bald now, but I had a lot of hair when I was yeah. a kid. And then, uh, so, but yeah, he he just had, he has a lot of hair. And then we never we never cut it. We never did anything to it. So like it was funny because like the back part where he would sleep, like that became that that fall fell off. But like now it's all grown back. So he had, you know like, but on top he just has like long ass hair. He looks like a little like a little um. Like an emo kid, he, huh. has, he has his hair in front of his face all the time. So, That's funny. Yeah, so we're like, now nah, we got to get a haircut. So, uh, so tomorrow, tomorrow we're going to go get a haircut. Wow, first haircut. Yeah, and like you're saying, dude, honestly, my schedule is on their schedule. I don't even have a schedule anymore. Like, I tell her, I'm like, hey, I'm like, what do we have? Um, all right, this time at this day, I ha- I have to do this. I have to do this and this. I'm like, and then after that, you know, whatever. But yeah, I mean, like. I think when you when you don't have kids, you're like, oh yeah, you know, I'll, I'll you know just make a schedule, or you know, they'll be on my schedule. No, the kids are on, you're on your, the kids' schedule. I mean, um, like the sleep stuff. Everybody's always like, oh, you know, the kids will be on the you put them on a sleep schedule. Like the kids didn't read the me and me and a couple of guys were laughing about. We're like, dude, the kids didn't read that that uh that Some study that's that study that you guys read. Like they don't give a fuck. Like they're gonna go to sleep or they're gonna wake up in the middle of the night. If you know what I mean, if they're hungry, they got a dirty diaper. Like they're waking up, like you know what I mean they're gonna cry, and if you get you're gonna have to, one you have to get up or just let them cry, you know what I mean. But I mean like it's not it's not on your it's how do you put it? It's their world now. I live in I I only live in it now. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the saying right. It's, yeah. it's their world. I just live in it. Yep, that's exactly what it is now. Yeah no it's 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 funny man because you know people just tell you the stories and like you know a lot of my friends are like you'll see. You'll see. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's um, it's something you fully don't understand until you've been through it. But I feel like, in, in I, I know this might sound weird, but like the good soldier or the good prisoner. Like, I've been sentenced and I'm just going to do my time well. Like, I'll, 
carry it out, whatever needs to be done, I'm going to do it that way, and, um, you know, it's tough for me, man, like, I have sleep apnea, I wear the machine, and, and sleep is really critical for me, and as, a, as an attorney, like, I'm solving people's problems a lot of time, and they transfer their stress onto me, and, like, you need to have good rest to do that, but I've been very fortunate, I, I, I've been, I, I got a couple of things that came my way, so I do wear the sleep apnea machine at night, and that helps me, but it's only so good. The other problem was I have a deviated septum and it messes up my breathing. And so just recently I was telling the doctor about it. I'm like, man, I tried a few things, but I'm getting like dependent on them and it's making it worse that I stayed on it too long. So he goes, we'll put you on Rhinocort, which is like a corticosteroid. And he says, if you take it long term, he's like, it'll literally kind of shrink things down in there a bit. Like they use it for that purpose. So now it's like a reawakening for me, brother. Like I can sleep. I can breathe normally through my nose and I just didn't know what I was missing for so long because you just soldier through shit, right? Mm -hmm. And another thing is I've been doing is I take this stuff called REM sleep by Healthy Cell. It's just a bunch of vitamins, minerals, like amino acids and they've, you know, the bunch of doctors got together and kind of like this is what you need to really, you know, to be getting good sleep. And so they put it in a little gel pack. I keep the box on my nightstand and I just rip a pack before I go to bed, just take down the gel, swallow it like a shot. And, uh, and that helps me get, it helps the quality of my sleep, even over the quantity. So like, if I have to get up at like, you know, two in the morning, three in the morning, I got good sleep before I got up and then I'm still able to get back to sleep pretty easy too. It's called REM sleep? REM sleep by Healthy Cell. Yeah. I got to check it out. Hopefully they'll be like the first sponsor of my podcast. I've taken all sorts of vitamins and supplements and stuff in my lifetime. And that was one of the few ones that I've taken that I actually noticed the difference like right away like the first day the second day the third day I'm like wow I'm like I haven't slept this good in a long time and um they make other things too they have one if you're getting sick they have immune super boost it's they do gel tech the gel uh you know based stuff because they say it absorbs better in the gut like you'll see like when runners are done running in a marathon they take like a gel pack of glucose and they just pop it down right really so that's why they say they do it that way but it's helped me a lot so that even when I get up at like two or three, feed baby Baba and then yeah. hopefully goes back to sleep. Um, and then I and I can get back to sleep too. And yeah. it helps, man, because like I'm not getting much. Like last night I got probably five hours. Dude, I need like six, seven, eight. If I'm really being honest, dude, the one day I was so beat up. We just had the fights here over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And we had to break it down from an office, set it up into an entertainment center, then build build it back up into an office, you know, break it down again, build it back up into an office and be ready for Monday morning back to normal for business. Like nothing ever happened. Mm-hmm. I was so exhausted, man, by the time I was done. And I had a couple of friends from law school over, hadn't seen them in a while. We stayed outside. We're just doing a little bonfire out there. And, you know, by the time I got home, it was like 2, 2.30, which is early for me or, or late for me, probably early for you. Yeah. But um, but I, I, I the next night, I went to bed at like 9 p.m., dude, and I slept <laughs> – for a good nine hours, and I needed it so bad, man. Dude, you know what? I never. I was always. I'm. A, I'm a night person to begin with. You know I mean like it's just just me, but now, like by nine o'clock, like by nine ten o'clock, like yeah, I'm. I'm out. I mean like now. I now I go to sleep early, like because she go she, him, him and the her and the baby go to sleep early. You know I mean by like eight o'clock nine o'clock they're ready to they're ready to knock out. So usually they go to sleep. I'll stay watching a movie or I'll start, you know, I'll be working on the computer, answering emails, working on stuff, flyers for the bar, do stuff like that. Um, But yeah, that's, that is one thing that now for sure, like dad life, I, I, 
when I'm, when I'm not working at the bar, I'm going to sleep early. I'm, I go to sleep early and I'm you up. You owe early. it to yourself, man. Out of out yeah. of out of, and to your to your baby as well. Like, yeah, you do, man. Because like, the thing about all of it is, is like, you have to make sacrifices, and then you got to do things when you have the time to do them. When is it silent? When nobody's calling you anymore? When all your responsibilities are done with your family and everybody else? Then it's finally you get whatever time is left. Like, last night I was just exercising in the basement. Nothing crazy because I can't get, like, if I start doing cardio later at night, dude, I don't want to go to bed. I'm just, yeah, like, same. blood swollen. I got all that energy. So I just do a little light weight, weightlifting, a little light, you know, strength and resistance training and all that. So I, I was, like, putting my vitamins and supplements together for the week ahead, which I hadn't taken vitamins in, like, a week and a half. And I've been super religious, dude. I'm the old man with the little pill cases, one for the nighttime, one in the morning, and I have all this shit I take. And um, so I got it all organized and I exercise, but that was the only time I could get it in. And I'm like... You got to do it when you get the chance. Yeah, you know what I've been wanting to do. I mean, now that now that August is coming, September, I'll probably start doing it. Is when they go to sleep or when they're getting ready to go to bed, I'm just gonna go for a bike ride. I used to I used to bike ride a lot. I live by the six oh six now, um, so I figure I might as well get a bike. The other thing is six oh six. The six oh six is the the bike trail on, yeah. the, on the north side. Okay, and it go it's it's not that long, but it's it's a nice little ride if you ride it from one end to the other and then back home. Um, so yeah, like, so at first I, so I used to go work, I used to walk the dog at night. Um, I used to walk the dog at night and I used to walk it cause we live by humble park. Right. So we live right, we live like a block away from the park or less than a block away from the park. So I used to walk the dog at night, but then, um, our neighbor got, our neighbor got, um, I guess he got robbed. Like he got, um, he got, he got held up by gunpoint. No shit. Yeah. But I don't know. Dude, it's weird. It's funny. So I live on the north side now, right? And you know, you the the, the city's crazy, dude. Like I want to really put in a, I really really want to put in a, a like a GoPro in my car, yeah. Just just to like show that you know, just to capture all the shit I see driving from the south south southwest side to the north side at night, like just random weird shit that that happens at night or that I see. Um, I've seen a couple of cool car chases on the expressways. Yeah, yeah some really cool ones. Um, I've seen that. I've seen, um, you know what I was well, so. I think it was last summer, or during during the winter. I mean, at the beginning of this summer, I don't remember. I was looking for. Um, I was looking. Have you ever seen the takeovers, the street takeovers with the cars? Yeah, they happen around here. Yeah. So, I all, to- all over, but here too. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I would I would bring my drone with. This was this had to be la- this was last year. So I would take my drone with me right to to work to the bar and I would tell Eric I'm like look if I see them I'm gonna stop and I'm gonna film it I wanna film it with my drone and I remember and I know this was last year man you're making their music videos for them and shit bro <laughs> yeah cause then uh, cause then I remember one of the guys that does that for a living or, or not for a living but does that I guess his shit got confiscated so I was like yeah I'm gonna not do that why cause they use it for evidence or some shit I don't know I think cause he was like they were going to all of them and I guess and, like they were trying to disperse everybody and then since this guy was, like, right there at all of them, I mean, they were just trying to come down on all of them hard. So they, they ended up, like, taking a shit. So one so one day I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take Archer down. When I take Archer down, I usually because I usually hang out, like, on, on Archer and 31st, that Mariano's. Yeah, yeah. On, um, not, yeah, I know. Where on right Archer and Ashland. Yeah, yeah Ashland. There we go. So I'm like, I'll take that way down. And then – um. So I, I take that road there. They're, they're not there anymore. The cops are in that parking lot. So I'm like, man, like they kicked them out already. I'm like, they have to be somewhere around here. So then I, I keep on going down Archer. And then I see like two of them. 
I see like two little two cars, right? So I'm like, oh man, like maybe they're going this way. So then I see like cop cars. Um, I was on like Halstead, I think. I think it was Halstead. I was on Archer, like in Halstead, and then I turn in somewhere. Man, I, I for the life of me, I can't remember right now. I think it might have been, um, I think it might have been Blue Island or certain no, not Cermak. So I'm turning in. I'm turning in there, and I'm like, man, there's a bunch a bunch of cop cars out here. I'm like, maybe that's, and I see people, so I'm like, all right, maybe that's it. So I start driving, and then all of a sudden, I'm driving, and I see, um, and there's all these guys, but dude, like, these dudes are all buff, but they're all in, like, they're all in their, they're all, like, shirtless and, like, these little shorts. So there's a concert venue. I want to say it's on Cermak. I've been there. On our, that big, I've been there, That yeah. big concert venue. It's, it's big, yeah. yeah. It's, in, it's tucked off in that little... It's like a parking lot looks like. Is that a warehouse over there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that whole street, bro. And all of a sudden, when I start realizing it, I'm looking around. It's all these. It was like it was a it was a gay concert. I mean, like it was all it was a just a thousand gay guys, bro, everywhere. But all of them were in like cowboy hats, shirtless, and little shorts, walking around. And I was like, and I wanted to take my phone out and be like, you know, and start recording. And I'm like, Eric is never gonna believe this. But then I'm like, man, what if I piss them off? These guys are going to flip my little fucking Honda Fit and fuck. Can you imagine getting jumped by like a bunch of gay dudes in like shirtless How am I going to explain this ass? to anybody? Bro, you'd be a world star for sure, son. So I was like, you know what, man? Like, now nah. I'm like, man, like, I wish I had a camera. No one's going to believe I fucking saw this. And then I fucking, I was like, fuck it. So I finally got through. And I'm like, that's why the cop, dude, not even the cop, like, cops were like on each side of the road, of, of the, of the street, like, and the outsides of it, but they weren't even they weren't even coming in. So with that big ass crowd, I don't know if the concert was letting out or if they, but it, it looked like they were coming in. It was just a big ass party on that street. I fucking you know I go around and I couldn't find anything. I just went home. Um, I've seen a lot, yeah, just a lot of random shit, bro, in the city. Um, why did I bring this up? Well, just because what you like what you see on the way home, like from here to there, and like about. You mentioned earlier, like, your neighbor got robbed. Oh, yeah. Shit. So, like, so Erica's always, like, uh, like no, nah, don't go out at night no more, you know, with the dog or stuff like that. And that's, honestly, that's why I haven't taken bike rides. But I'm, like, dude, I'm like, you know, I've I've always been all right. You know what I mean? And I always, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at um, my surround. You know, Me too. My, watching my surround. Yeah, situation awareness. So you're not one of those motherfuckers lost in their phone and shit. Yeah, you know what I mean? So when I'm riding my bike, dude, like, you know what I mean? Unless, they're like, they're really fucking... Good, you know what I mean. I'll I'll pretty much be able to see them or, or or figure something out by the time they 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 try to jump me for my bike. But um, well, but yeah, you got a really good bike. Or something or what? You know, I have a, I have a nice all right, I have a nice bike. But honestly, um, unless you know about bikes, you wouldn't know what it is. You know I mean like yeah, unless that's what's hot in the streets right now. You know. Yeah, but, no, it's a it's a Orbe. It's called an Orbe. It's, a, it's I, a. I think I have the same the same really? brand dog. I'll show you before you leave. Yeah, it's a Orbe. I, I bought it. It's a, it's like a nice a, bike. A Tour de France type of bike dog. The road bikes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they, so they make those. Um, mine's kind of like a city, like an urban bike. Excuse they me. call it. Um, and I, I added stuff to it. I I you know like when Tricked I was single and everything <laughs> else. Yeah, like that was my baby. Like you know yeah. what I mean. Like, I, it would, I used to write a lot, so um, so yeah, so I think I'll be fine. But yeah, for sure, gotta start bike riding at night, bro. Cause I'm fucking, I don't work out. All I do is work. Bro, you're gonna be hearing that Eminem song. You only got one shot, and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna be thinking about all your thoughts and like your plan for world domination and shit while you're out there riding around and re- reflecting and like going super fast, thinking about how you're gonna do good for your son and all that. Yeah, bro. I think sometimes you do need, you know, not not that. You do you do need time to just be alone and just reflect on stuff, especially, dude. Because when you work, and you know how it is, man. When you're working on your business and everything else, and then you know, like 
I'm one of those that I really, really, I, I'm really a believer in not taking shit home with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't. And there's times when I just need to blow off steam or I need to just, you know, just, you know, reflect on shit. So that's that's when sometimes I know, like, I'd, I'd rather, you know I mean, I don't take it home, but I do need time to reflect on stuff and think about stuff. And We all do, man. You know what I mean? So. And, I, and I don't know about you, but I feel that's the one thing I really don't get enough of. Um, I feel like I'm on this track and there's it's all forward motion and it's hard to stop. And I want to reflect because, you know, I just had the baby and, you know, my mom's getting a little older. Her health's not so good and... Um, you know, and, and the thing about reflection is like, it's this weird, like inner dialogue and you can make sense of things and look at them from perspective, but also plan. Like, you know, it's best obviously to put things in writing and create things in writing and, and have like a things to do list or some kind of plan, but it starts in your head, man. It starts in your head. And like, I feel like for me, I'm only looking forward. I don't get to like everything else is in the rear view. And I, I, that's the one thing about my life. I do need a little more time to reflect, to, to disconnect, to reflect, and then to be ready to move forward. And I think you're always better when you get a chance to do that. And Mm -hmm. you're from what you're telling me, it's like the same thing with me. You don't really get the opportunity to do that. You need it, man. You need it. Yeah. I know it's coming. I mean, I know that there'll be, there'll be time for it. Um, but I feel like sometimes I like, Th- those quiet times when they're when they are sleeping or when they're already you know when they're already done for the day, that's when I really have to like figure out on how to how to capitalize on that on on, the, on that time to to do to do to do stuff that I have to do without you know what I mean just like you know without not I don't want to say without um, interruption but you know just a little bit clearer. So. Yeah, and it is without interruption too. Like the phone's not ringing. Yeah. Hopefully, you know the baby's down for the next few hours. Yeah. And um, yeah, we it's it's tough because another thing is though it's it's this weird. It, like I feel like life's this like trial and error experience, and you always have to adjust and find out what works at the time, right? Because mm-hmm. now you add in the new factor of having a baby, and we talked about sleep earlier. Like I don't want to. You know, I don't want to stay up too late either because, like, I need the damn sleep. And it's yeah. like, what am I going to do? Am I going to stay up to, like, 1 and then I'm back up at 2 or 3 just to feed the baby? Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. So I'm definitely trying to get to bed earlier, man. It, out of all the things I do, sleep is probably the most important. Like, eating, exercise, you know, exercise is super important to me. I've neglected that a lot because your body will break down if you don't do it. But, and, you know, eating, you kind of do it here and there. You do it on the go. At least we're fortunate in America. You can throw a stone to food. It's everywhere. But uh, sleep is the one thing, like, we're we're the only ones responsible for taking care of ourselves. And if you yeah. don't do it, like, what are you going to be going around like a zombie all day? Or you end up like somebody who is off the, the rails and they're just, like, road rage all the time and shit. I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Um, you know? Um, I want to ask you, so how is, uh, how do you, how do you, is that your your mom's first grand? grand? Yeah. Yeah. How did she? How did she? I mean, if you want to see somebody light up like a Christmas tree, you just show her her, her grandson. Yeah. Um, and um, she she's just it's like it's like watching her like become younger again or like be reborn almost. Like every time she sees a face, she's like, oh my god! Like it's different. I think for females in the sense, you know, um, there's something hardwired about females but she's just so happy man and like 
you know, because I have a small family, you know, mm. at least here anyway. My dad, he was one of ten children. Um, he he was the baby of the family, and he was the youngest one. And uh, me, it's just it was my mom and my dad here because his family was scattered about. Some stayed in Ireland, somewhere in Canada, somewhere here in America, and they were just scattered about. But for us, it was just my mom, my dad, my and my brother and me. And like I have cousins in Wisconsin, cousins in Canada, cousins in Ireland. But and, and even some are on the East Coast I never really got to know. Um and and but for us it's just us here. So for her it's a big deal. My brother, he's not married, he doesn't have uh, a girlfriend right now. Yeah. So I was like the only hope and to carry on the tyranny name and it was weird when we had the baby because for whatever reason my wife and I both were having this gut feeling it was gonna be a girl. We just like I felt like I'm gonna be a good like um daughter daddy right yeah but then we have a son and i was like my wife's like well which one do you want i'm like i'm gonna be happy either way right you know what i mean i'm not I, you know i mean i'm gonna be happy either way and um so but you know mom was super happy because that's that's the only one she got and brother i can't tell you man how much it means to me that my mom got to see her grandson because yeah. her health's not the greatest i don't know what the future holds, how long we have, how long she has. But for her to be able to meet him, it means the world to me, you know? Yeah, my my grandmother, my, my grandmother says, uh, um, when I told him, and every time she sees she sees him, she's my baby, she's like, oh, she goes, um, here, here's, here's another, uh, how does she say it? Basically, she says that, she goes, I, I know I'm going to live longer now that you're here. Like so they say that for every for every grandkid they have they they get ten more years or something like that, and um yeah like you said like that um yeah that gives them that gives them a purpose bro and you know what I mean like it rejuvenates them. it rejuvenates them and honestly bro like they stick they stick around longer because they have they you know they have that I, I it gives them a new purpose I yeah think. it does you know what I mean like and yeah you'll see bro like my 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 grandparents now they take care like. They they have the grandkids over all the time. You know what I mean, like today I went to my grandpa. I stopped by my grandparents' house, and uh, one of my one of my daughter's um, sons was there helping them with yard work and everything else. And dude, my grandmother honestly, bro, doesn't cook, doesn't do it. Dude, she, her and my grandfather were still in the kitchen, fucking making some macaroni and cheese for him while he was doing the yard work. And they're like, oh yeah, we're Wasn't gonna that feed the him. Best when you had it back in the day. Yeah, and it's like, dude, like you know what I mean, like that's that's what it is. You know what I mean, like that that helps him out. Your, your mom will be here for a while, bro. Watch because. Well, I hope so, and, you know, it's funny because we have, as a society, I feel we have things easier in some ways, but it's more complicated than others, and it's a very busy, busy, fast-paced lifestyle, and um, I live literally down the street from my mom, and, like, my original plan was to see her every single day, and I don't, but I, I call her, like, I make her the first phone call of the day, I'll be on my way over here to the office when I'm about to stop at the Dunkin' Donuts, so it'll be like, I call her, and I'm like, hey, mom, I'm getting to Dunkin' now. I'm going to grab some stuff for me and the staff and you know i love you and tell tell jim i said hello and i love him too and um so we at least talk every day but i was like the point of me getting in the house down the street was first of all you know my heart was there but my mom was there you know mm. and, and and that's that's part of my heart as well and i wanted to see her more but i that's another thing you know I, even if it's just for a short bit just to stop in because to see her light up like a christmas tree or like a star it, it's invaluable and like you're giving them something they can't get in any other way um and you know you mentioned like with your grandparents and stuff 
like my my grandma she used to live over by like it was by like 55th and sacramento or kedzie or something like that and I, I spent a lot of time there you know when i was younger during the day like she would babysit for me and my brother and um you know my dad was off working my mom was working a little bit not much she she more or less quit when we were when we were working but she you know we had our errands to run and all this right my grandma would make like the macaroni too but yeah, she yeah. had a special way of doing it and she would use this old school brand it's still in stores but it's not super popular cremettes okay and and it was like she's like are you guys ready for your cremettes and i was like really all it was was just like noodles and stuff but it was like we just knew it by the brand name and uh it was like extra special and she would put like mushrooms and stuff in there oh, and use different sauces and um it was you know it, it's these awesome memories like i hope that my son will be able to do that and you know i look forward to it, it's this beautiful thing where you live all this life and you have knowledge and wisdom to pass down like our fathers did for us and our family did for us and I look forward to doing the same for my sons who yeah. hopefully, you know, you always want to give them independence because usually the people, the, the studies show that like the kids who get independence are usually the ones that are more intelligent and they excel at things. But give them those guiding principles because like when my dad passed, he had left me a lot of things and you don't, you don't make much of them at the time, but when they're gone, then mm-hmm. the little voice comes back to you and you hear it and you can apply it in your life or think about how right they were. And then you're like, Okay, now now that I've experienced it in life, plus heard their words, now I've learned the lesson really. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I was thinking about when we were going to do this, like stuff to talk about, things to ask. We're natural conversationalists. There's no problem there. But right. one thing that I want to ask you is like, what do you, what do you like? A few questions. What do you want for your kid for the future? What do you hope to do to guide them and protect them from? Like, what, what do you want for your child to give to them as a guiding principles and, like, ways to live and just to connect with you and to stay on a good path? I think about this all the time. In this world today. Honestly, um, my biggest thing is, for me, it's just showing them how to do things. And I remember my dad... My dad would always take me out to work with him or do stuff. My grandfather, the same thing. And I, it, it, it always sticks with me where they would be like, um, to be like, learn how to do this, so you don't have you you don't gotta pay nobody else to help you do this, or you don't gotta help you don't gotta pay anybody to do this for you. Um, I a hundred percent agree with them now. Uh, some people might, some people are like, oh, show your son how to make money and you'll, he'll pay someone. But no, like, dude, I've run into grown ass men that still don't even know how to hang up a painting on a fucking wall. You know what I mean? Or anything. Like, just simple little things. And I think one thing for sure is he's going to learn how to do stuff. I don't care if, 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 you know, he's a millionaire or whatever, but you got to, you got to know how to do stuff. And honestly, like, I feel like there's a lot of guys out here that, you know, like old school men, you don't, you don't, you don't see that anymore, bro. Like you don't like, and I, like, and I see it. You know what I mean? Now that I'm that I'm grown now, you see a lot of guys that are that just you know don't know how to do basic shit. And I feel like that's one thing that I for sure want to show him how to do. You know what I mean? How to do stuff on his own, even if he doesn't have to. But that's for sure something that I am gonna teach him that he, you know, you gotta learn how to do stuff on your own with not having to depend on people to do it. Um, 
another thing is self-defense. Honestly, for me, I think that's a huge one, especially, again, um, I see, especially in the world we live in now, where it's, where there's, there's good people and there's bad people and the bad people know who to fuck with and who not to fuck with. And I feel like if you know how to protect yourself or if you know, I don't want to say street smarts, but if you know how to, if you know how to deal with the situation, people think twice about bothering you or messing with you. And that's, and honestly, I feel like that's in everything dude, from business to just personal life, just being outside with your family. I think that's another thing that I would for sure, um, you know, teach them. Um, like, you want to be independent, do things on your yeah. own, and also to be able to defend themselves. To defend themselves. Like right now, I take him to swimming class. I mean, like he swims already. He, yeah. Bro, wow. After three months, you can start taking. I think like before three months, it's free or wow. something. I didn't realize it was that young. I thought they'd be three or four or five. No, or bro. So start, ta- start taking them. Start taking them now, and it's funny because you start taking them, and when you start taking them, they tell you do this and do that, and you're like, dude, like he does, he's a baby. He doesn't know what what he's doing, but. The more we take them, the more he knows how to do stuff now. And they, and at first, honestly, at first, if, at, for me, it felt dumb. I was like, man, like, because there's this thing where it says um, balloon face. So you're supposed to, like, close your eyes and, like, hold your breath, like, make your cheeks cheeks big. Yeah, pump them out. Yeah, and then, um, and then you know, you go underwater and you, and you put the baby under the water. And, dude, like, at first, he would, you know, like, the more you would do it. And now, like, we say balloon face and he's just like. He closes his eyes and it's he's ready because we're gonna go underwater. You know what I mean? Like now he swims be you know on his back like he'll float. You know what I mean? He does like little random cool things now that when we first started the class, he you know it was just you know him not doing anything and now he he actually does stuff and now it it's funny because so the first stage is you're swimming with them first right you're you're the one that swims with them and you're doing all these exercises Sports with them guys yeah. And then after they get so many stars, they graduate that that part of the class, and they go, they move on to the next level. And the next level, you're not there. You're you're the parents aren't in there no more. It's them and the teacher. So like I told Eric, I'm like, man, like I really don't want to go no more. Like, like now he's gonna grad. He he's doing good now. I'm like now he's gonna go to the next level. And now like I you know like I feel like that was a little thing we had, but at the same time, like I know he has to he has to move on. He has to do that. So I'm kind of excited to see him go on to the next level but kind of sad at the same time um but yeah bro i think honestly that that would be one thing for me is just help guide them you know what i mean like and i'm not saying that my my parents didn't help my guide me or anything but it was different times different situations um like i had a guy in the podcast one time and he's like you don't know what you don't know and i feel like my parents just didn't know stuff so, you know what i mean and now I don't have that excuse. All the stuff that I know, I have to. I have to teach him. You know I mean, he has to be a better version of me. And he he's gonna he, and I'm gonna tell him that. You know I mean, like you have to be a better version of me. You can't. We can't go backwards. There's only going forward. That's it. Yeah, I I feel the same way in a lot of ways, and I think that's because we're we have things in common. We, you know, my dad came here with only a couple hundred bucks in his pocket, man. Yeah. And, um, you know, he brought a lot of wisdom with him. He was a very, he had a backbone, you know. He would not take bullshit, but he, he you know, there was things that, that he had to learn as well. But he brought over what he knew with him. Right. But things in America are a little different. Like, those people in Europe and Ireland, they're, like, more comfortable with expressing anger and emotion, whereas it's not allowed here. Like, you'll be hauled into 
the principal's office or you'll get in trouble at your job or you'll go to jail, right? Right. So like over there, what was acceptable? So I had to kind of like unlearn some bad habits I learned from an immigrant parent. I think a lot of children of immigrants learn do that as well. Like I had to, I had friends who were like, they were like third generation American or uh, second generation or, okay, so my father was first, I'm second. Right. And then the next generation is third. So they were like third generation. Their parents had already been born here. They weren't coming from anywhere else. So I kind of had like, unlearn what I learned from my parents, the bad habits, to learn how to fit in with all my friends in in the neighborhood. And another thing that was tough for me growing up and to this day is a little bit of a challenge is the technological barrier because my parents, like, I'd go over to my friend's house and be like, hey, you know, turn on the TV, I'll be down there. And, like, there'd be, like, four remotes. There's one for the DVR, one for the VCR, one for the cable box, one for the friggin' TV. I'm like, I don't even know which one to use. And like for them, it's like second nature. And I'm like yeah. nervous. I'm like, which one do I use? I'm like, I'm gonna look like an idiot, you know? But to your point earlier, I'm an old school guy, like a product of the old school, you know? And I, I right. carry that with me and I'm proud of that because, right. you know, you see a lot of nonsense in the current world. You know, you get like Mark Zuckerberg with Facebook is talking about like metaverse. Like I'm going to live with a fucking virtual reality pair of glasses on my face and live that way. Like, it's, it's bizarre as fuck, bro. Like the real world's here. There's real world consequences. And so as far as what I want to teach my son is like kindness, respect, old school value, strength, independence. Like you were saying, like if you, even if you don't do it for yourself, you don't have to be relying on somebody if you didn't have to, like if you need to use tools or whatever, you got to have the right tools for a job, know how to use them and self-defense as well. I plan on having my son in jujitsu probably by the time he's, you know, whatever what day would start, like six, seven years old. Right. And I'm going to tell him, hey, you know, you don't have to compete in this. I will never pressure you to compete or to excel to, like, be the best or be number one. All I want you to do is know how to do it and be comfortable with the uncomfortable because those who are not comfortable with the uncomfortable mm-hmm. panic. And panic is defeat. That's when defeat will set in because you don't know what to do. You're not sure how to breathe, how to manage the chemicals that are flowing through your body and the emotions you're feeling at that time. Like, I started wrestling my freshman year. I only, I only did it freshman year, but I remember wrestling with the coach, and the guy was, like, over 200 pounds, and I'm 120 pounds at the time. Right. To feel the weight of a man on top of you and to, to have to resist or to, to do whatever you can, the best ability to get out of that, I want them to be comfortable with that. I don't want them to panic. Right. They say fatigue makes cowards of us all. Well, so does panic as well. Oh, so, for sure. So with the swimming, like you're saying, now that's – I didn't even dawn on me to, to when I'm going to teach my kid how to swim. Dude, That'll take be an early one in jiu-jitsu as well. The, the swimming class was and the – wrestling. The, yeah. For sure, um, wrestling, boxing, jiu-jitsu, all that shit. Like, I know um, she might not agree with me, but I feel that's another thing. Like, it was – when she was growing up, it was her and her sister, and I feel like – and that's the one thing that, like, that's the one thing that I've told her uh, uh, just a couple times. Like, you got to realize, like, he's a boy. He's he's a boy. There's different things. There's differences between the way the problems that girls have and boys have. I don't know if I could. I don't I don't know if I would ever if I could even. You know, I'm like I uh, having a, a little girl would be a whole another can of worms. I wouldn't even want to think about. You know what I mean, but like a boy, I could raise a boy. I know how I know the things that he's going to go through. I'll exp- I'll be you know what I mean, I know how to explain stuff to him. You know, a little girl, that's a whole different other. It's a different type of relationship yeah, you have with a for kid. Sure. For a man I mean, like, that's, that's, that's all mom on that one. But for, like, a boy, I feel like, yeah, it's different. It's different things. There's different situations that, that, um, 
that he's gonna face that you know what I mean that she's not gonna understand and I mean like even now like when I tell her stuff I'm like no I'm like it's he's a boy like it's not that's not it's gonna be different for him it's not gonna be the same um yeah it's just not like I know like one thing that I and I've told a couple of people this lately um the other day we were talking about um because I have all my stuff in the car but I have it like on the on the sun visor yeah I have like my insurance registration I have everything on the sun visor and then the other day she was like why don't you have that in your glove compartment I'm like because when the cops stop me and I go for the glove compartment it's they they start getting worried that you're gonna try to pull a gun yeah I'm like so I have to make sure that I don't get you know shot so for me it's like no like I have everything at at um at at uh, eyes view where they can see what I'm that I'm doing everything I'm like not that girls are any less dangerous but if if they stop a woman and a woman goes to the glove compartment they're not thinking they're not thinking the same thing you know what I mean I'm like so for my safety and their and um, for whatever for them I keep everything up there I'm like that's one thing that they're not a woman is not gonna understand you know what I mean like and I feel like that's that's other things that were little subtle things. Little right? subtle things. I mean, it's it's not crazy stuff, but it is it is stuff that you know, as a guy, you have to you should know. You mean or you should? It, I, I I wish all that stuff. Like a lot of stuff, I learned. You know, you learn it with time in life. You know what I mean? But if I could help him learn stuff faster than I had to by trial and error, you know what I mean? Then he's 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 already ahead of the game. That that's my goal too, is to try to like learn from my mistakes type of thing where like you don't have to make the same mistakes because I've already kind of told you the formula and how it'll turn out you know or how it's likely to turn out yeah and yeah to your point too um you know that that's a really good idea and I I'm honestly a believer that there should be court like kind of like life skills courses where they teach kids like multiple things how to manage your emotions so that would involve like maybe yoga and meditation and um and breathing and then, like, how to interact with authority figures outside of the home. And, you know, we're at a weird time because there's a, there's the traditional values and respect for authority has largely went out the window. And it's a lot about individuality of, like, you can do whatever the hell you want and, you know, the, the, the consequences don't seem as real. But what I would think is that they should teach kids, like, you might want to also announce what you're about to do before you do it. So, so, like, instead of just making a quick movement, I've seen people get shot by police in videos where they just darted and they weren't even doing anything wrong. They didn't have a gun. They were just nervous as fuck. Yeah. But if they said they're keeping their hands ten two, sir, I'm, I'm gonna read my registration is right up there. I keep it so I don't have to reach in the glove box. It's right there. You know, obviously, just probably not a Glock up there or something. So you pull it down. And if you let them know ahead of time, you're calling them and before they even have to start now reacting with body language as opposed to verbal language. So I learned this from I learned it. Man, and I wish I would. I I'm, I don't think I have it anymore. It was a long time ago. So when I was in when I was in um, in school or in college, if you want to call it, um, we had policing class, and uh, oh, they had a they had a cop come in. When the cop came in, he had this little pamphlet. It was it was from Chicago from from CPD, and it was a little pamphlet. What to do when the cop stops you? Yeah. And it was a little pamphlet. Maybe I, I maybe CPD probably still has them. But, dude, so he gives us this little pamphlet. He gives the whole class. He's like, look, guys. And we went through the pamphlet. And he's like, look, you got to do what, I, do everything that this pamphlet says. And I guarantee you um, every time that it's going to be a whole totally different um, outcome. Outcome, Bro, I'm not going to lie to you. I've, I use that. I, I follow that step every single time I've gotten stopped by the cops. 
ever since I got ever since I saw I had that that class, I've probably had two. I've had maybe like two two tickets in the span of like bro like twenty years, eighteen years. And the only reason I got the two tickets were honestly the cops were dicks. The the one cop was just being a fucking asshole. It was like two miles, like it was five miles over the dri- over the speed limit, which is like what everybody drives. Yeah, bro. You go it was, less than that, and they think that something's up because you're going too slow. The guy was just like. a dick. I'm sorry to say it. And then the other guy, the other guy was the same thing. I was driving to work in Oak Brook, and uh, I'm on 31st. And this is this is the funny part. I didn't have the windows. T- I had just bought that truck. I didn't have the windows tinted. It was all factory. I'm driving. I'm on 31st in York. He sees me. Turns around, follows me all the way to the Oak Brook Mall, and then because I used to work at, at McDonald's at the corporate office right there. Yeah, yeah, where where it used to be. Yeah, where it used to be. And um, he follows me all the way there. I'm stopped. I stop at the red light, and then I'm I I stop for like a second because it's literally there's no other street, so it's it's Cermak and then that street. Yeah. And so there's no traffic coming. I, I stop. I, I did like a rolling stop, and then I turned to go into the building. Dude turns on the lights. Oh, you could have caused it. I'm like, bro, I didn't. There's no traffic. It's the it's fucking. It's the middle of the night. I'm going like, to work. What lesson are you teaching? Me yeah, now? bro. Like, go ahead, write me the ticket, whatever you want. I'm like, and that's what it is, bro. Honestly, after that, I got the windows tinted. I got the um, I got the uh, what is it called? The the plates. The um. The the vanity. Yeah, the vanity. The vanity. The Illinois state plate plates i got those on there and then and then i do the same thing every time if i ever get stopped i roll down all the windows it doesn't matter if it's winter especially at night you roll down all your windows turn on the um the inside light in your car and then um, so they could see inside your car just keep your hands where they could see them by the time they come up to your car bro that they're they're looking inside they could see everything already in your car so they're way calmer you i mean then they ask you for your stuff and then usually you Usually it's a, um, you know, why did you stop me? Or why, why did, why did uh, you know why I stopped you? I always say yeah, no. so first question. They want you to say, hey, are you going to try to lie to me or are you going to admit that yeah. you know what you're doing? And then I'm like, I don't know. You stopped me. And then um, they're like, well, if, let me run let me run your record. If, you know, if you, if, it, if it's clean, you know, I'll let you go. Bro, I don't have a, I don't have a bad driving record. And like, and I'm, and the thing is when they run your shit, I'm, I guarantee you it has like everything on there. Yeah. So. And yeah, bro. Like I've I've always gotten let go. You know what I mean, like they, they'll let me go, and they just like, all right, have a nice day. You know, slow down or don't make a complete stop. You know what I mean, a lot of times they, you know what I mean, it is what it is. But yeah, like that. Um, if you follow those steps, dude, most of the time I you'll get off just by doing that. Yeah. Putting down your windows and you know what I mean, putting down your windows and turning on your your dome light, and that's it. And and just keeping your hands where they could see them. They don't. They don't walk up to their car with their flashlight. They don't walk up with their hand, with you know, hit their hand on their gun. They walk up a little bit more calmer. You know what I mean? And then they just have a conversation with you. They, you know, if you don't have a fucked up driving record, they'll see, and they just usually let you go. But yeah, those are little things. Well, yeah, and, and I learned some new things too because I, you know, the the way I interacted was more like respect based, but the practicality of. You get the dome light on, they can see if there's something on the seat, if there's a weapon in the car, if yeah. there's, you know, whatever is sitting around. Um, having the windows down, they can it gives them a better view of what's going on inside the car. Um, you know, they have better access if they need to reach in real quick because you try to pull something or whatever. Right. Um, you know, I, I wish I had known that when I was younger because that was one thing my parents never ever told me. I, I mean, 
the funny thing is I knew my dad was pulled over because my mom had told me about it before. I, I was never with him when he got pulled over, but he was a good driver. He 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 always taught me, like told me about defensive driving. He's like, you got you to have eyes in the back of your head and you got to do other people's driving for them. And he's right, especially in a city as crowded oh, as yeah. where we live. Um, but the funny thing is where I learned the most about like how to interact with the police was just from a friend of mine. We went to high school together and he was super respectful. And the funny thing was, it was literally right by studio where the current location is that you have. Yeah. We were coming back from Bourbon Street on the south side. We weren't hammered or anything, but it was late at night. And my buddy didn't know the streets because we were going over to El Ferro to get a burrito. And um, and we were hungry. Shit, man. We were so hungry. And he just turned down the one-way street right there by, I think, like El, um, El Famous or whatever. Yeah. And he, he went down the one-way street, and they turned behind us. Some of the police pulled behind us. And we're going down the alley just so we could come out the right way or whatever. Right. And, you know, they pulled us over. There was two two police officers in the car. One came from the driver's side. One came up on my side, on the passenger side. And I, the way my buddy handled it, like, dude, he was so calm. He's like, do you know I, why we pulled you over? And he's like, yeah, I, I think that was a one-way. I'm like, I just didn't realize that I'm not from around here, which they saw on his license. You know, he was, right. from, he was from LaGrange Highlands, originally from, from Cicero, old school. But they had moved out to LaGrange Highlands with the grandmother. And um, he he said yes sir and no sir, and it was, and I was like me I because of the way my dad raised me he had a, a, a bad temper, I, I would always get like antsy and anxious real quick, and I would react more with like anger and not think about calming down. Right. But when I saw him do it, I was like, oh my god! I was like, it, it worked. Like they they were cool. They're like, all right, just you know, you guys got to drive more safe. You can't be going down one way streets. I'm like, yeah, all right, cool. You know, like what are you doing over here? Like we're just hungry, man. It's, you know, going a long night, we're just trying to grab a bite to eat, whatever. And they're like, all right. And they let us go. They let him go without a ticket, any of that. And you know what? I did the same thing. I'd been stopped in Summit again. I was on the way to Office Depot when I was working out there in Countryside one time at the Office Depot. And um, the officer pulled me over. And I was, yes, sir, no, sir. He says, you know, I pulled you over. And I was like, yeah, I was going a little fast. I was like, sorry, sir, I'm leaving awake. I'm trying to, you know, I try to get to the wake, but also get to work. I work out here. And it was yes sir, no sir, real respectful. Right. From that day, I never got a ticket since then. That's true too, bro. And I, that I, was I was like twenty, bro, at the time. Yeah. I had gotten maybe two or three tickets before that, and after that, once I learned the the principles, respect, and just remaining calm, not a ticket. Yeah, that's there. a big thing too, respect. Um, yeah. Another thing, yeah, do yes sir, no sir, yes sir, no sir, and yeah, that's um, that 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 is a big one also. And at the end, they bro, they're human. You know what I mean, like they just want they just want to get they just want the respect too. There and is they don't get a lot, so when yeah. you give it to them, it's like, okay, this guy I'm really cool with because everybody else wants to argue with him. Yeah, exactly. Are you fucking with me? Blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, and, and honestly, like, in, um, even then, like, the last story about that. Uh, so one day, I, it, was, it was on the north side, and I was I was barely getting home, and um, it was a, it was a nar- it was a nar- uh, unmarked 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 car. car. Yeah. yeah, and uh, so they like they roll up on me, but like fast. I was like, what the fuck. So I like I get out of the car right away because I didn't know they were cops. They didn't turn on their lights or anything. Yeah, you're thinking, shit. Yeah, so I'm I like, might what? be getting jacked. Right yeah, now. so I was like, what the fuck? So I get out of the car and then they're on the loudspeaker. They're like, get back in the car, and then I'm like, and then they then they turn on the lights. And then I'm like, well, you guys should have done that first. But then I get in the car. Then I I turn on my dome light. I put the lights. I put the I put the windows down. Um, the the one officer comes in, starts talking to me. I I, I was kind of a but it was it was it was what it was. You know what I mean, you were still on edge with yeah. I was still, I was still pissed too. And then, uh, but then her her partner's like, uh, then she's like, and then, dude, and I hadn't gotten stopped in years, bro. So I, I just gave her my stuff. I'm like, here, I'm like, my record's clean. 
and then um and then the the partner you know he's like looking in the car and he's like hey man thanks for thanks for putting the windows down i'm like oh no problem and then she comes back and like you know we talk or whatever she's like all right sorry about that and then that was it but i feel like i could have probably yeah it kind of to me it to me, my biggest my biggest pet peeve is that why do I have to de-escalate the situation? But I should have de-escalated the situation from the beginning by saying yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. But I feel like all the other stuff I did kind of helped me out in that situation. And you know, at the end of the day, they just you know they apologized. They they went their way. I went mine. They should know too from their training that people get on edge. People are first yeah. of all just gonna be naturally a little nervous when right. they see those lights. Yeah. Um, and then they start getting approached. They're just gonna be a little on edge. They're not right. really sure what to do. Um, where the situation's gonna go, how you know, how to react. So they they should know that too that you're gonna be a little bit on edge, um, as well. Yeah, but um, I think so. But going back to all your questions on that one, I think. I think that I just I just want to teach them all the stuff or pass on all the knowledge that I, f- I feel like I have and at the same time train him to the best of my ability to be able to take on the different situations that I know he's going to face in the world, you know what I mean? And in the future. And and that, you know what I mean? Like I feel like if I would have known stuff back then when I was young especially like a business like for me that's a huge one I feel like when I started when I started my business when I started the first one you know like I had people that would help me out but I really didn't have a go-to person I didn't have anybody that that understood the insurance business part aspect of it you know what I mean now the same thing with the bar I had people but that didn't really understand the bar business aspect of of what it is of what it is now these days um so I feel if he ever wants to pursue any of those areas, or even in any business, I feel like at least he'll he'll have a he- he'll have a head a head start just because of that. Just you know I mean, he'll he have have the transferable skills to do any kind of business. Yes, exactly. And then too, I mean, like, and I feel like that's where like generational wealth on like with with certain people or with certain communities happens because you know, I mean, you have all this you have all these youths. They open up their business, or they take over their parents' business, and they start getting better at it. You know what I mean? And they, they they take all their knowledge from their parents, and they and they and all the all the knowledge that they that they acquire from everywhere else, and then they just take that business and they take it onto a whole another level. I feel like if I could do that for him, and help him, you know what I mean, in in certain aspects of that stuff, then for him the sky's the limit. You know what I mean? I agree, and um, you know, like two things that, that jumped out at me that my dad would tell me is to your own self be true and be an independent thinker and like what did he mean by that you know yeah and I think what he meant was like never lie to yourself about a situation or be honest about the shortcomings you had and try to learn from them and also know what you want like know who you are and what you want be true to yourself in that way don't don't compromise and then being an independent thinker is like don't do groupthink, you know, um, right. because there's a lot of that in this world, and we get swayed in all these directions and pushed in certain directions. We saw that so much over over the past few years, and to 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 you know to to know what's right for you and to question things that aren't right for you, you know, and um and I want my my son to be able to do that too. It'll be like, I'll give him an example of a situation and like see what happened there. Like, is that really what you want? Like, is that something you want? Like me. And tell me personally, I wouldn't want it because like A, B, and C, or X, Y, and Z. Right. And then think about that that way too, you know, and just 
pass on that wisdom and to, to avoid the trial and error pains that, that I had to go through and um, and just give him the tools that he needs to 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 excel and like I say, you know, I'll start him early and never force him to do anything that, you know, he doesn't want to do, but um, support him whenever he does want to do, you know. Definitely. Um, I don't know if you ever watched that movie, uh, man, Act, Acts of Valor, I think it is. Yeah, it's called uh, Act of Valor. Act of Valor. Act of Valor. It's an old movie, bro. It's, uh, it came out in 2012. It's that movie with the Navy SEALs. Um, it's supposedly like all the guys that are in the cast are Navy SEALs or whatever. It's a good movie. It's like, like a good action for popcorn. real, or just as part of the plot. No, well, that's it's part of the plot, but supposedly for real, though, the, all the guys that came out in the movie were Navy SEALs, like no for shit. real Navy SEALs. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out. I heard the name, but I never saw it. It's a good movie, bro. Like it's a good popcorn action flick. Um, but in the movie, at the end of the, at the, I don't want to give away too much of the plot or, yeah. or the end of the movie, but at the end of the movie, the guy reads a poem. The guy reads a poem to his son. And man, I'll tell you the the poem right now, but dude, honestly, like for me, like the um, that poem sums up kind of of everything I could I I, I would uh, I hope to teach him. You know what I mean? Um, man, who wrote this poem? Da, 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 da. Right, man. Teksui, Teksui, Teksui is the is the person that. That wrote the poem. If you Google "act of act of valor" poem, yeah, and then you'll see the you'll see the scene. It'll it'll show you the scene and like the guy. You could see it on YouTube, and it's just like the guy reading the poem. But it's 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 a really good poem. Did, did you find the poem or no? Yeah, well, you can read it. I would like to hear it. You want to hear it? Yeah, it sounds better when he they say it. But I'll, I'll do your best, um, serious <laughs> voice, or like yeah. your what's that dude's name? Uh, Morgan Freeman. Do your best, like Morgan oh, Freeman. Freeman. <laughs> oh man, you're putting me on the spot here. Well, I'll just read it in your own voice, man. All right. Uh, Where is it at? Okay. It says, So live your life so the fear of death can never enter your heart. Trouble no one about their religion. Respect others in their views and demand they respect yours. Love your life. Perfect your life. Beautify all the things in your life. Seek to make your life long and of service to your people. Prepare a noble death song for the day when you go over the great divide. Always give a word or a sign or a salute when meeting and passing a stranger, if in a lonely place. Show respect to all people, but grovel to none. When you arise in the morning, give thanks for the light, for your life and strength. Give thanks for your food and for the joy of living. If you no reason for giving thanks, the fault lies in yourself. Touch not the poisonous fire water that makes wise ones turn to fools and robs them of their visions. When your time comes to die, do not like those when you come time when your when your time comes to die, do not like those whose hearts are filled with fear of death. So that when their time comes, they weep and pray for a little more time to live their lives over again in different ways. Sing your death song and die like a hero going home. It's an incredible poem, man. An incredible poem. Yeah, that one's deep. It is deep, man. It's uh, There's so much going on there. Like I feel 
like it in, it encapsulates like the American spirit in some way where it's like you respect people but don't be a doormat um don't walk over them and to respect everybody regardless of who we are and I I don't know what kind of light switch turned on for me I mean it was I was raised well you know respect people no matter what kind of job they have right um dude I'm friends with the people at McDonald's shit when I go in there they know yeah, who yeah. I am and just because I'm nice man and you know other people have gone ah working at McDonald's like minimum wage job right right but um you know I learned that early on and that also touches on kind of one of my favorite speeches Denzel Washington did a speech at a college for the graduating class and he said in life your goal like for every gift or talent that you don't use it will be a ghost that will haunt you on your deathbed and yeah. your goal should be to have as little of those ghosts as possible and it's saying like live your life to the fullest live a worthy life where you've done everything you needed to do so you can die happy and complete and don't live with regret and just do it all and do it as well as you can and i mean what more can you really ask for i i said it to you on the last podcast when we were at when we were at studio and i was like not everybody gets to be champion but we can choose whether we're winners and losers right. i it would always it would be cool to say that you were like the best at something in life but we don't always get that but this the, the pursuit of excellence drives me man and whatever i do whether it's this whether it's my job and you have to struggle with the challenges of it and we don't always overcome them and we have shortcomings and we let other people down but as long as we are better than we were yesterday that's the most important part for me and that's that's what i want my kid to understand the principle that i had in law school was like i'm not it was very competitive because the bottom 20 percent of the class fails out that's how they get rid of people who are like not supposed to be there right but i'm like i'm not competing against them I'm only worried about my A game. So I don't care what they're doing. As long as I'm doing my best and I'm giving it my all, I will not have regret. Right. And that's that's what I hope to teach my son too. Yeah. That's an awesome poem, man. And I, I'm going to check that movie out. Now that I have a baby, I have a reason to stay in with a wife <laughs> and watch more of these movies. <laughs> yeah, you know? I haven't watched, watched so much TV in the last year than, than this last year. I, I watch a lot of TV and sh- movies and shows now. Um, but yeah, bro, the honesty to me, that, that poem's deep. Um I feel like we we're at we're at it at an advantage here in Chicago, growing up in Chicago, living in Chicago, just because of the diversity that there, that that we do have here. You know I mean, so like, I'm not saying that we're we're more open minded, but you know, I mean, if you go anywhere else, you go other parts of the United States, they're not gonna they're not they don't have that opportunity. I mean, to have to be around so many different cultures and people to be able to to um to experience it so for, i feel like sometimes that poem for for other people might mean a lot a lot more when it comes to like you know that just just um being respected and, and respecting other people and i feel like here it's a given you you learn that from an early age i mean like hey there's different cultures there's different people everybody has their own thing Resp- as long as they respect you you respect them and that's 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 a thing but yeah it's like a two-way street yeah, yeah it's a two-way street and yeah, but that that's it's a good it's a good movie it's a, it's a really good movie just to watch. And that poem is right at the end of it. At at the end of the end. at the end of the movie at the end of the movie the the, the poems read. And that I, I dude I always like there's time there's certain things that like I all when I just need like a little 
pick me up or a little you know, a little motivation that's one of them like for sure where i'll just be like let me put that shit on real fast and just listen to it while i'm in the car well that's awesome man because i would have never thought to find that movie or maybe it wouldn't have found me yeah. and so i'm really looking forward to checking it out and uh learning something from it and and you know adding it into my arsenal if you will yeah um, the last one i'm gonna leave you with is um dmx the prayer yeah have you ever heard that one the song or a movie no it's the song the song i might have heard it because my the other attorney in the office he's big dmx fan bigger than i am i was more really? of a pop guy or whatever but listen to that one bro listen to that one on the way home today it's 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 i'm pretty sure it's it's dmx the prayer and it's him it's him it's him it's him talking with god or with God or Jesus and and the, and and God talking back to him, like through the, through the whole song. It's a it's a badass song. But the same thing, like, it's one of those things that you know, like, like sometimes you need something to hear, and that's a good one. Well, I'll check it out for sure because uh, I am a DMX fan too. Um, you know, he had really an energy that not many people had, and. Boy, his life was filled with trials and tribulations, and you know he had drug addiction, and he had he had I think like nine kids, and he went from rich to poor to rich, and and all that stuff, and then he died early too. I, I don't remember how old he was when he died, but probably in his forties or fifties. Yeah, like dude, I think I li- I listened to the um one of his last podcasts. Oh, he had a podcast. Well, he didn't have a podcast, but he, but was, he was on, like, on a podcast. People, yeah. Uh, man, I'll, I'll when I find it, I'll send it to you. But yeah, like he was a deep guy for a guy who had a lot of troubles in his life. He was, he was deep super deep, bro. Like a lot of the stuff that he talks about, like his just his life, and like you know how he was a big dog guy, and he talks about like he. So he talked about on, on the podcast. He was talking about how he st- he stole someone's pit bull. He's like, yeah, I stole this dog, and I went up to the roof. He goes of the building. Oh, because the guy asks him. He goes, you always say that you know you trust dogs more than any than humans. He goes, and then and DMX tells him, he's like, look, man, he goes, this is, the, this, this is what happened. He goes, I stole this dog. He goes, I stole a pit bull. He goes, and I go on to the roof of this project that he used to live in. He goes, and he went up there, and he had two hot dogs with him. So he ate one hot dog, and he gave one to the dog. He says, and he, he knocked out. He fell asleep. And he says the next day, or when he woke up, um, I don't know if he was still on the roof by himself or, or someone was, like, People were up there, but they were, like, far away from him. But anyways, they were, like, telling him. They're like, hey, man, like, um, uh, we, we wanted to wake you up, but we couldn't because the dog wouldn't let us get near you. He was protecting you. And then he goes, he goes, you know what, man? He goes, all I ever gave that dog was a hot dog, and he and he he protected me. He goes, he, you know, he he, 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 um, he took care of me. He goes, and that's all, that's all it took was a hot dog. He goes, humans, you could take care of them all you want. He goes, and they'll turn on you for anything. I mean, he, that was his this whole thing that that's why he trusted dogs more than humans. And that was just like random, weird, well, deep shit. Yeah, and, and and you know, dogs are super loyal. I've I've had this. I'm on my third dog in my life right now, and uh, he was a godsend, um, and super loyal and very smart. And the thing is, you don't have to do much, and not just for dogs. Like my my dad always said this thing: the more you're around people, the more you appreciate your dogs. They don't argue with you. They're like super loyal, and um, they don't they don't need much, right? They're kind of like the baby, right? They just need to be. They need to sleep. They need to eat. They need to use the washroom, and uh, they give you kind of more than you can ever give them. They give you more back. But but I I still am a firm believer in even doing small things for people. I think 
it's more valuable to a lot of people than the big things. Like, you give oh, somebody a sure. million dollars and they're going to fuck off and buy some shit and do stupid shit with the money or maybe if they're really smart, they invest it. But, yeah, um, you know, the, the ones that are really smart don't usually just fall on money unless they get family wealth. They just they build their own wealth. But small acts of kindness, man, in, in the world that we're in. They go a long way. So far, man. Like, dude, in the poem you were saying, like, the person who's because there was a lot, there were so many life lessons and, and principles in there. But, like, just talking to people and acknowledging them, and that's something I didn't learn, man, because my parents growing up, they they were in some senses judgmental, and they would kind of, like, they were wary of that person, and it kind of instilled at me, like, you got to be wary of that person. But now, anybody, I, I, I dude, I'm not kidding you. When I, when I drive down the street now, I just wave to people, dude. Yeah. And I became I gave it like a muscle reflex and I noticed that people start doing it back. Like I feel I'm a strong believer in that the world is like a a mirror. It like reflects back at you what you what you put into it. And and just saying hello to people on the street and the power of conversation is just so powerful. You can get some nugget of knowledge by a short conversation you had when the person was like waiting for the bus or something. Like I got out one day just as an example and I was going into Dunkin' Donuts just to grab the coffee and everything in the morning. And there was this dude standing there. I said, hey, good morning. How are you? And he says, oh, yeah, you know, it's a nice one out here. I'm like, yes, sir. You know, like, let's enjoy it and this and that. And we, then we just started rapping real quick. The guy tells me, I own 11 buildings. And, um, you know, I, you know, who knows if we might need your services in the future. And I didn't have a business card on him, but I usually have a couple of pens, like, ready to go. So, like, here's my pen. If you ever need anything, my office is just down the street. And it's like, this guy just looked like an average person, but he was a landlord. Right? Yeah. And a lot of those dudes... They're old school. They don't flash. They just their 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 actions and their their you know that speaks for themselves. They don't need to be like showing their wealth. But this dude was just like, he's like, I never really drove. He's like, I just take the bus and take it where I need to go because I don't really venture too far outside the neighborhood. Guys, said he had eleven buildings with like twenty one units. No shit. Or something like that. Yeah. That's how it is, bro. And you could connect with somebody like yeah. that who might help you, you know, put food on the table. You know, just mm-hmm. by talking to somebody, man. Um, there's so many little things like you just told me about that movie that I wouldn't have thought to watch or whatever. And I love old school stuff like that. I'm my mom. She watches like the old Westerns on TV all the time. I'm super into those, man. Like, yeah, I wanna, yeah. like, I don't want to wait till I in retirement. I want to like start watching some of those now. Those were the, like the men, they sh- were short and direct and they said what they meant and they got to the point and they didn't take any bullshit. It was just like right to the point, yeah, you yeah. know, they didn't and have they, time they kept their distance with each that. other because it was like, two dangerous animals or snakes they were like dancing with each other a little bit and they knew to keep their distance because yeah. either one could strike and it's it's beautiful man yeah bro i want to stay but i gotta go it's all good man let's call this part one all right of an ongoing cool. discussion or, or part three or whatever you call it or part four we've done a few of these already so i whenever you're available man if you want to do one of these to 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 get some stuff out of your system and chat we honestly i think we could do one a week just bullshitting like we did right now there's no script here we didn't have a pre list of bullet points that we wanted to hit on we just talked so if you ever want to do this yeah, man no, we could literally do it once sure. a week if you want it because i'm i'm trying to keep these going we can do it all the time if you no want. yeah for sure bro yeah dude um man that'd be cool too or whatever you know it doesn't have to be all the time i'm not trying to put yeah. pressure on anybody no, no, you know? but yeah bro let's do it for sure um yeah right now just between the bar the insurance with golden owl and all that other stuff and like i know we had have, we have planned this a couple of times already Finally, we were able to do it, but no, I'm I'm for sure down, bro. It's just and we can invite Ray Ray and friggin' Dalton too. I love those guys. Like gotta brothers, bring those man. guys. Gotta bring some other dads too. Have, have more of a 
A dead one. I, I, you know what? I have a couple guys that I thought about after we talked about it. One popped into my head too, who we yeah. both know is a mutual friend of ours. Yeah. yeah so I'll for sure, well, for sure. But yeah, for sure, we gotta get Ray Ray and Dalton here. Just uh, have a good ass dudes conversation. This is like the, we'll call it like the Goodfellas or something like that. Yeah, yeah we'll have a good one too. That that'd be a fun one. For sure. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll we'll end on I, I do a little conclusion that ties into everything that we just talked about here at the end. Something I say on every podcast. Kindness is the world's most powerful resource, and we control it. Not the government, not big corporations. It, it's us. It's it's like a currency, right? And you can make the world a better place with kindness. So spread it all over. Um, be good to to everybody, from the people you meet on the street to the people in the restaurants or wherever you go. And be good to yourself and your family and your community. And tune in next time. Um, thanks for listening and. Thanks for joining me, brother, and we love you, man. Peace Peace. out.